0: Welcome to the Josh Blair Ministry Podcast, a podcast all about bringing inspiration and encouragement to your daily walk with Jesus. We pray the message you hear impacts you as you follow Christ. We're starting our second week in the problem of God. Sirius, how many of you were with us last Sunday? Awesome. I was asked, are you continuing your theology class? (laughs) I said, yeah, I am. We're going to continue to dive into this. Last week we talked about the existence of God. Does God exist? And we looked at the moral law within and the universe above that points to a creator. And we demonstrated that it is more logical and rational to believe that there is a God, a creator, than it is not to believe in one. Yeah? So if you didn't hear that, you can go to our, uh, the podcast that we have on SoundCloud or on iTunes, and you can go back and listen to that message if you didn't have a chance to listen to it. And so we're jumping in this morning. We're going into the question, is Jesus a myth? Because we established there is a God that created all things, and we as believers, as Christians, believe that God revealed himself to us through his son Jesus. So, what do we do with Jesus? Who is Jesus? That's the next logical question that we should be asking. If there is a God who created all things, and we believe that he revealed to us himself and his nature through Jesus, then who is he? What does he say about him? Is is Jesus a real person? Was Jesus a myth? That was just created by a group of people that modeled him after other ancient gods and other ancient civilizations and just kind of put their own spin on it to make this person named Jesus. If Jesus was real, who was he? Was he just a man? Was he a prophet? Was he a good moral teacher? Or was he God in the flesh? Yeah, these are good questions. What do others... Say about him? What do other religions say about Jesus? Because you know there's a lot of religions that say something about Jesus. And what did Jesus finally say about himself? We're going to dive into that this morning. The first one that I want to look at and, and answer, because we can't really go beyond it unless we answer this one, is Was Jesus a mythical figure that early Christians made up and modeled after other ancient gods? Do you know that there is a popular view today that Jesus wasn't a real person? That he was just a character, like a, like a Greek god, or a Roman god, or Egyptian god. Some mythical, made-up person that people built a religion around, just like they did in the ancient world. That's a belief. People believe that. And they, they name off these ancient gods that say they resembled Jesus before Jesus showed up on the scene. Gods like Horus. He's an Egyptian god. I have pictures of them too because I wanted to show you what they look like because they resemble Jesus so much. Uh, there's Horus. Oh, I can see I can see Jesus. No, I can't. Horus, he's an Egyptian god. There's Dionysus, uh, who is a Greek god. And there is Mithras. That's another one. He's a, he's a Roman god. That they say all symbolize Jesus in some way. Here's some, some uh, characteristics that people... In some of their writings and in movies say uh, st- that Jesus stole story from, said that they were all born of a virgin, said that they were all born on December 25th, uh, which is funny to me because we know that Jesus was not born on December 25th. Uh, one of the popes just changed it later on so that we would all celebrate. So he was tired of all the pagans celebrating on a day. That's another story. But they also say that all of these Greek gods or Roman gods or Egyptian gods had 12 disciples, that they performed miracles, that they were killed uh, and then raised back from the dead. And these these are all big claims because if you're sitting there and you read a book like The Pagan Christ or The Christ Conspiracy or Christ in Egypt or you watch movies... Uh, that Bill Maher put out, like, Religious, which is like religion and ridiculous combined. He made a movie about that a few years ago. Has anybody watched that or seen that movie? You, he makes all these claims. Other movies like The God Who Wasn't There. And they make these big claims, and if if you don't know the history, and you don't know the the basis of what they're saying, you can be deceived and think, wow, there's a lot of similarities here, and... I don't know, but maybe, maybe Jesus wasn't a real person. These are real things that we could maybe encounter in our culture today. Here's the problem. That when you look at those books and you watch those movies and you begin to dig a little deeper you realize that none of them actually cite primary sources in making these claims. If you look into the research you can realize that none of them looked at the book of the dead in Egypt when it talks about all their gods. If they did you would realize they didn't have similarities to Jesus. None of them were born of a virgin. None of them uh, died on a cross and, and were raised three days later. None of them had 12 disciples. None of them walked on water or turned water into wine. None of them did that. But movies and books will, will claim that and say, see, Jesus is just like all of these other made-up characters, so Jesus never really existed. None of them made those claims. None of, none of them read primary sources sources like historians and writers in in Rome and in, in, in Jewish culture that wrote about a real man named Jesus. And there are 10 plus historians and writers that wrote about Jesus that were not Christian, that are not in the Bible, and that actually were anti-Christian. And yet you can read their historical writings about a man named Jesus. Writers like Josephus, who was a a, a Jewish historian or Tacitus who was a Roman historian who all wrote about this man named Jesus who died at the hands of Pontius Pilate who crucified him so he's a real person he's a, he's, he's, he's a real person okay good is anybody convinced that he's not a real person do I need to continue <laughs> good the myth is just not founded and, I, and so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time there because if you do just simple research on it You can know that Jesus was a real person who walked the earth over 2,000 years ago, walked around uh, the nation of Israel, and and was alive. So to answer the question, Jesus was a real man who walked the earth. So, since Jesus was a real person that existed, what do we do with him? Since Jesus was a real person, what are we supposed to do? Because it's no secret that all of human history revolves around the person of Jesus. Right? Our calendar revolves around Him. Everybody celebrates Easter and Christmas primarily around the world. Millions and millions of people because that's around Jesus' life. His life, His death, His resurrection. Our calendar is based on Him. Our days are based upon uh, the, the biblical understanding of seven, seven days in a week. We, we all revolve around Him. And even... People that are not Christian have an opinion about Jesus, don't they? World religions have opinions of Jesus. Let me me name a few of them. Buddhism. Buddhism teaches that Jesus uh, wasn't God, but was an enlightened man like Buddha. Hinduism teaches that Jesus was a form of God, like their God Krishna. Islam teaches that Jesus was a man and a prophet, not God, but inferior to Muhammad. Muhammad. Jehovah Witnesses say that Jesus was merely an archangel who was a created being that became a man. Mormonism teaches that Jesus was only a man who became one of many gods, was married to many wives, and had a half-brother named Lucifer. Did you know about that? You're like, what? They believe Jesus' is half-brother was Satan? That's crazy. <laughs> they have an opinion about Jesus. New-age gurus like... Deepak Chopra, does anybody know know who that is? He's on Oprah all the time. Say that Jesus is a state of consciousness that we all can aspire to. Everybody has an opinion of Jesus. But they all want to put him in the box of their own belief system. They recognize his importance in history and his impact in the world and they want a piece of him. But they don't want to put him where he belongs. At the center of it all as the Savior and the Redeemer of the world. They don't believe his words. They believe he fits into their boxes. But every claim they make on Jesus, all of these religions and more, those are just some, do not take into account his life or his history or the facts revolving around him or the words that he said about himself. They just take him and put him into their boxes. But the important thing is they recognize him and they want a piece of him. But Christianity is the only religion that parts ways in this and tells us that Jesus is and has always been and will always be God Himself. Not lesser than, but equal to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Christianity, if you want to know uh, if a religion is good or true or not, see what they do with Jesus. Where do they put Jesus? Do they say Jesus is God, Son of God, equal with God, or not? That will help you understand what they say about Jesus. And we, as Christians, put Him in that place and say that He is worthy to be worshipped, and worthy to be followed, and worthy to seek after. And we understand this because of what Jesus said and did. So to understand this, we have to go and see what Jesus said about Himself. And the main thing, the main question for skeptics this morning is Jesus never said that he was God. They'll look at scripture and say, I don't find a single time where Jesus stood on a mountaintop, was like, hey y'all, look at me. Hey, do I have your attention? Hey, I am God. Mic drop. Like he, he's, you're never going to see that in scripture. I'll give that to you. Jesus never once walked up and was like, hey guys, you know the God you worship? Yeah. I am God. He didn't actually say that. But he did in a very clear and authentic way demonstrate that he is God. With the words that he says and the actions that he takes. For, for ancient times, it really wouldn't have been a big deal for Jesus to actually say that he was God. If he had done it anywhere else in the world. If he had done it in Rome or in Greece or in, in India, for instance. If he walked up and was like, hey guys... I'm God. They'd be like, sweet, which one? We've got like 4 million. Which one are you? Or we've got 287. Which one are you in our, in, in our Greek mythology? Or which one are you in, our, in Hinduism? But Jesus demonstrated that I am God in a culture that said there is only one God, the God of the universe, who is worthy to be praised, and all other gods are false gods and idols and do not exist. And they had, in Israel, this belief. They were monotheistic. There is only one God that is worthy of praise and worthy of honor. And if you say that you are Him, that is what they called blasphemy, and it was worthy of death. Yeah? Anybody remember reading the Old Testament? There's plenty of times that they were like, alright, you're going to die. You know, <laughs> Because you're, you're speaking against God, or you're saying you are God. And so, Jesus decides to reveal Himself... In a culture that believes there's only one God, and He says things that make them want to kill Him. And that demonstrates that Jesus does believe, and in fact is making the claim that He is God. So in verse 56 and 59, in John chapter 8, Jesus has a a little argument with some religious leaders. Some Jewish leaders Who are basically saying to him, after all the things that he's doing and the miracles he's performing and the things that he's saying, come up to him and say, Hey, who do you think you are? What authority are you speaking with? Why do you think you can do whatever you want to do? And they challenge him, and this is what Jesus says, starting in verse 56. He says, Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. And this is what they say in verse 57 they say uh hold on a minute you're not even 50 years old and you have seen abraham why was that a big deal for them because abraham was alive two thousand plus years before jesus was born on the earth and jesus is saying abraham wished to see my day and he saw and rejoiced so they're like uh you don't know how to do math you know you wouldn't how could you be alive you're not even 50 yet and believing that you Saw Abraham, And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, and Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Here's two things that we can learn from this passage of Scripture, what Jesus is saying about himself. The first thing is what theologians call pre-existence. Jesus is saying, Before Abraham was, I am. Before I was born in this earth, I existed in heaven. Jesus demonstrates pre-existence. That He was in heaven with the Father before He was ever born on earth. Demonstrating that He's not just a man, not just a created being. He was before being born. Right? Pre-existence is what Jesus demonstrates in this passage of Scripture. Because He's saying, 2,000 years ago and beyond, I existed. And even in John 17, verse 5, Jesus prays this prayer that helps us understand what he says about himself. He says in verse 5, now, uh, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So Jesus is declaring that he had glory with the Father before the world ever existed. He's saying, I existed before anything else existed. So Jesus is making this claim. That Jesus... Uh, is preeminent or preexistent to all other things before he ever became human. And some people would say, okay, he made that claim, but he never said that he was God. He could have been the archangel Michael. He could have been a created being with God and just was with God before everything else created, except he said something else. Jesus said the next thing in verse 58, when he said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was... I am Now Jesus isn't just using bad grammar here. It's not like he didn't know how to speak properly, you know He's not like oh, before Abraham was I am good English, you know, first of all, he didn't speak English Maybe it was a second language. Maybe that's why the issue was there, but no Jesus was making a statement here He wasn't just being uh, improper with his speech and it's something that we could miss as modern readers But for those that Jesus was speaking to, they knew exactly what he was saying. They knew exactly the claim that he was making when he said, Before Abraham was, I am. If he wanted to prove that he was still pre existent, he could have said, Before Abraham was, I was. But he's not making that statement. He's already made that statement. So the next statement he's making is, Before Abraham was, I am. Why did he say, I am? Do you know the stories of the Old Testament? when Moses encountered the burning bush and he, he gets the assignment from God to go to Egypt and free the people of Israel from their slavery, right? Do you know this story? And he gets real nervous and he, and he says in Exodus 3, 13 and 14, all right, if I go to them, if I go to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I tell them? And this is what God responds. God said to Moses in verse 14, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am is one of the most sacred names of God in the Old Testament. Used thousands of times throughout the Hebrew scriptures to demonstrate who God is. The great I am. The God of the universe. And Jesus, in in John chapter 8, is making it clear to the people that he's talking to, the religious leaders and the Jewish people, that he is God of the universe. He's saying, I am. The one that was in the burning bush, yeah, that was me. Yeah, the one who filled filled the temple with his presence, yeah, that was me too. The one who made a covenant with Abram before he ever became a great nation, that was me too. I am the great I am. I am the God that you worship. I am the God that you seek. I am the God that you want to know. That's me right here in the flesh. He makes that claim. And some ways say, well, how do we know the audience understood what he was saying? How do we know that they really picked up on what he was saying and they just didn't think he didn't know how to speak properly? Because of their reaction in verse 59. They picked up stones to throw at him. Now, when Israel and the nation of Israel and people of Israel picked up stones, it wasn't to, like, scare a dog away. You know how we do that sometimes? You see a dog, you are like, oh, snap, get that rock. Or you act like you have a rock, and the dog runs. No? No one has ever had that experience walking home from school? Okay, that was just me. All right. They didn't just pick up rocks to scare Jesus away. They picked up rocks to stone him, to kill him, because stoning was the appropriate response to someone who blasphemed God and said that they were God. And they were going to kill Jesus because they knew exactly what he was saying. That he was God in the flesh. They knew it. He was telling him, I'm the one that you're really needing to know, and yet you fight me every time. So Jesus is claiming to be God. You could put that out of your mind and say Jesus never claimed to be God. He did. He did claim to be God. The Son of God. Equal with God. How do we know that? There's there's more times that he says it. He says it again in John five seventeen and eighteen, where Jesus calls God his father and declares that he's equal with God, they want to kill him after that. He he says this in, in John chapter ten, and I have that verse for you, verse thirty one. Again, it says the Jews picked up stones again to, to, to stone him, to kill him. And they're always wanting to, to throw rocks at Jesus. And Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? And the Jews answered him, It is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for your blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. So Jesus did declare that he was God. And they responded by trying to kill him. Could you imagine somebody trying to kill you? You're like, hold up. Why are you wanting to throw rocks at me? And having this full conversation, that's crazy. I mean, Jesus is just a man. He's a man's man. He can be like, you're going to throw a rock at me? Tell me why. That's crazy. That's just a little side note. There's a little side thing. That's not even in my notes. I just thought, man, that's, that's wild. If someone had pulled a gun on me, I'm like, hold up. Why are you going to shoot me? Give me all the reasons why you're going to shoot me, and I'll tell you if it's a good idea or not. You know? <laughs> that's what Jesus is basically doing. Why do you want to show me for all the good things that I've done, or what? Why were you wanting to do that? Because they said, you think you're God, And you're just a man. They didn't recognize it. So a skeptic's claim that says Jesus never claimed to be God is false. They don't know His words. They don't know His actions. They don't know His deeds. And not only did Jesus claim to be God, He also taught us to pray to Him. Some people don't even know that we should pray to Jesus. They think it's wrong. But Jesus actually says it in John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. John chapter 15, verse 16 teaches us to pray to Him. Jesus accepts worship, which is the thing that is solely reserved for god alone that's how we know that he's not an archangel that he's not a created being because any created being that accepted worship uh, was liable for death in the kingdom of god that's what lucifer got kicked out of heaven because he began to still worship from god so jesus because he accepted worship is demonstrating that he is god because anything that was ever worshiped do you ever read in passages of scripture where there's a story maybe with Ezekiel or Jeremiah, one of the prophets, and an angel shows up and they fall on their face begin to worship him. And the angel's like, stop doing that. Please don't do that. I don't want to get struck by lightning. Please stop worshiping me. Only worship God. And Jesus didn't do that to his disciples. They begin to worship him and he says, you're on the right track. Because I am God, the creator. I am who I am. I am the great one. I am worthy of praise. I am worthy of honor. Because he is. He even uses titles that are solely used in the Old Testament for God. And attributes him to himself. The shepherd of Israel. He talks about that in John chapter 10. The Alpha and the Omega. The great almighty one in Revelation. Is all speaking to Jesus. Not only did his words demonstrate. But his actions demonstrated that he is God. And worthy of praise. The only one that healed the sick. He did only what God can do. He raised the dead. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. Demonstrating that he. Is superior and in control of all things. And Jesus' words demonstrated this. So we're left then with a decision. Because millions of people in our world hold that Jesus is a good moral teacher, but they don't believe that he is God. They say, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah, he's my homeboy, right? They used to have shirts like that when I was in college. Hats, bobblehead Jesus. Yeah, like Jesus is dope, man. He's just like, we cool. Stop, Stop talking like that, okay. Millions of people believe that Jesus is a good moral teacher, but not God. So if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you're left with two options. Either Jesus, because he said that he was God, either he's a liar and his words should not be trusted. We should throw those out and not hold any reverence to anything that he's ever taught or said. Or he's a lunatic. He's crazy. He doesn't know what he's saying. There's a professor and an atheist, a skeptic named Richard Dawkins who suggests that Jesus was just sincerely mistaken about the claims of him being God. He said, Jesus really believed that he was God, but he's not God. He's just sincerely mistaken. That's a nice way of saying he was a crazy person. Because any time that you've encountered someone who believes that there's something that they are not, Going around saying there's someone that they are not, what do we do? We try to help them. We try to give them some psychiatric treatment because they don't know what they're saying. They're doing things that are contrary to what a normal person would do. Yes? They need mental help. So Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Those are the options that we have when referencing Jesus. We can't say that he's a good moral teacher. And ignore that he's the son of God. You just can't do it. Because either he lied to us in making the claims he did, or he sincerely believed them, but he was crazy, or he actually was who he said he was. Those are the options. Jesus didn't give us a, third, a fourth option. Jesus doesn't give us the option to say, I'll listen to what you have to say here, but I'll do my own thing here. Uh, I like what you said about the golden rule, and loving your neighbor, but I'm going to do what I want to do in this area of my life. You can't do that, because if Jesus is Lord, He's Lord over all. Yes? He's Lord over all things. You can't pick and choose with Jesus. You can't. Because it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. So we have a decision to make, don't we? Even those who are believers in Jesus now still have to continue to make a decision to allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life every day, don't we? When you wake up in the morning, you still have to make a decision. Is Jesus Lord over my life today? Jesus came to this earth, the Son of God, born of a virgin, who lived a sinless life to reconcile us to the Father. He paid the penalty of our sin, our guilt, and our shame on the cross, the cross, the punishment that we deserved, He took our place and stepped in our place and was killed and was buried and three days later He rose again because He is God. And He demonstrated to us He is God. And He tells us that all we need to do to walk Under his lordship is to repent and believe. Some of us, we've already done that and we continue to do that. But repenting is basically just turning away from all of the things that we've trusted to justify ourselves. Sometimes when we talk talk about repentance, we think we're just turning from our sin, but there's a lot of things that we need to repent from that we put in place of God to find our fulfillment, to find our joy. To find our satisfaction. To find our pleasure. Those things, if they are not God, need to be turned away from and turned to God. That is a form of repentance that we still need to do as believers continually. That Jesus, I still choose you and not this thing to satisfy me. I still choose you and not this person or this event or this status or this title to meet my need or to find my identity. And Jesus says, repent. Repent. Turn to me, recognize that I alone can satisfy and meet the longing of your heart's desire. Second, he says to believe, to put our trust in him and what he did for us on the cross. That it's a finished work. That we can't earn it. We can't become better by doing certain things. That Jesus, when he died, took care of everything that we would ever need in this life. He says, believe that, receive it, accept it. That He alone is the one that can save and transform from the inside out. I talked earlier about what other religions say and believe about Jesus. And all other religions are trying to figure out a way to get up to heaven. Or to get to nirvana. Or to get to the place that has ultimate peace and security and safety. Christianity and Jesus is the only demonstration of God coming down to us. And saying, let me show you. Let me be the one that lifts you up. Let me be the one that will exalt you too. If you trust in me, I'll demonstrate what it means. I'll pave the way. I'll make the road that leads to heaven. The door is through Jesus. He is the only way to the Father. Through Him. All other religions try to help us get up. Jesus came down. And He's the only one that can transform us Sincerely. From the inside out. All that to say this morning, it's not about gaining more knowledge of Jesus. It's not about recognizing which religion is better than another religion. It's recognizing that Jesus and Jesus alone has the ability and power to transform us, to give us a new heart, a new life, new desires. To give us a new future and a new hope. Jesus is the only one that can do it. Because all other religions, all other things are going to try to help you manage the issues in your life. Uh, If I just try harder, I'll overcome. If I just do this, this, and this, I'll, I'll become a better person. And Jesus tells us, nope. It's not about your trying. It's about what I've already done on the cross for you. Will you accept it? Will you walk in it? Will you let me transform you? Change your heart's desire. So many times, even as believers, Christianity becomes sin management. Me trying not to do this again. Me trying not to do that again. Me trying not to get caught up in this sin again or stumbling in this sin again. Because we think it's about us. Jesus is telling you, I've already bought you the freedom that you need. Trust in me. Believe in me submit to my authority and my lordship in your life don't treat me like a liar don't treat me like a lunatic even though you confess that you belong to me and allow me to transform those areas let me be lord over every area of your life that's what jesus tells us repent and believe